Welcome to Escape from the Burnout Society podcast. As you know, this podcast is about chronic stress and burnout. I believe our society exposes us to unnecessary, unhealthy levels of stress, and that is the reason I called it the Burnout Society. I hope you find something here that you can apply in your life to help yourself escape from the Burnout Society. So hi everyone, welcome to Escape from the Burnout Society. My name is Gabriela Guzman, I am your host, and I am very, very happy to introduce you our guest. Today is Martina van den Dol. And well, I have to tell you how I uh, met Martina. Actually, we haven't met yet <laughs> in person, but we, we were both interviewed for at Parole. And that's a Dutch newspaper, uh, September last year. Uh, we were interviewed because we had both, uh, experienced, uh, burnout and we had a very, very heavy burnout and we have both overcome burnout and we are in a very, uh, different position than some years ago. So Martina, welcome. You are very welcome. Thank you, Gabriela. Uh, Thank you. Martina is also a psychologist and she has uh, her own, own coaching um, uh, business at this moment. So we will talk about that as well. Well, I, I told my audience some uh, episodes ago that I would bring people who can share their experience. And since we were both interviewed for the same interview and I really recognize so many things in your story that I'm very happy you also want to share them with us. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very important to talk about this experience because uh, people don't really know what it's like uh, unless you've experienced it. Um, and I think it's good to raise awareness uh, for this. Yeah, yeah, you're true. It's true, it's true. So, Martina, let's say, um, let's start uh, with your story. I mean, my audience know a little bit about my story. So, uh, can you explain us how it happened? And they don't know about more about you than I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, a, a quick introduction, maybe. Uh, I'm uh, Martina, as you said. I'm uh, just last week I turned uh, 31 years old. Uh, I live in Harlem, and uh, I uh, was working in a big company in Amsterdam uh, when I. How do you say this? I, when I got my burnout, <laughs> um, which happens about uh, well over two years ago already. Um, and you, your question is what happened or how did it happen? Um, well, obviously I was working uh, too much and I had a lot of stress. I uh, had a job as a talent developer uh, and I was responsible for the personal development of uh, employees of the department that I was working for. Uh, and I really liked that job. I really liked personal development. I like, uh, well, as I'm doing now, coaching people, helping them to um, figure out what they want in life and, and how to get it. And I was very focused on achieving a lot myself as well. Um, so I've, I was working at that company for already three, four years or so when uh, a new project, project came along. The, uh, the company asked me to develop a traineeship and I really wanted to do that. Uh, so I told them, yeah, sure, I can do it. I haven't done it before, but I will figure it out. I have some experience with uh, um, developing other training programs. So a traineeship, uh, uh, it will also work out and we can make this happen. But I already have a lot of responsibilities. So some of the things that I'm working on um, should be handled by somebody else. And I said, sure, we'll uh, look into that and um, we will figure out a way uh, so you can free up some time and work on this traineeship. Uh, so I believed them and I started working on developing the program. And at the same time, I kept doing all the work that I did before because I uh, expected that there would be a solution anytime soon. And yeah, it, uh, it took a while and I was uh, uh, making a lot of extra, like uh, doing overtime, uh, trying to, uh, or actually delivering the traineeship in time. Um, and we launched the program, it was, uh, it was very successful. People were very happy about it. Uh, but at the same time, there was a lot of other projects that I was responsible for and I still felt that I had to make sure that they kept running smoothly. 
Um, and it was just too much to do for myself. And I, I tried to uh, explain this to my superiors. And I thought that it was clear to them, but somehow uh, a solution didn't come. And yeah, that's partly uh, something that I, uh, yeah, I, that I think they should have uh, done differently. But also, I kept going. I had over the course of a couple of months, I think we launched a traineeship in September. And then I had um, some headaches. I got problems sleeping. Uh, and then I went to uh, the doctor for problems with uh, my bowels. I had some uh, pain and um, skin problems as well that I never had before. So all these signs, my body was telling me it's too much. There's too much stress. But I treated them as separate issues. Uh, trying to find solutions for the, the isolated problems that I had with my health, thinking this is so annoying because I have a, a nice job, lots of interesting projects, and I want to do this all. But uh, my body is uh, slowing me down, and it's so annoying that um, I cannot go as fast and I cannot uh, deliver as much as I want to. Not uh, understanding yet that my body was actually trying to tell me that I was doing way too much and not taking care of myself, not uh, taking breaks and uh, resting and relaxing properly. So then, uh, and I'm talking about 2018, uh, end of uh, that year, somewhere in December, I um, remember I had to deliver a training day for the traineeship. So I really felt responsible for that. And I, I really liked to deliver this program as well. Um, we had 30 trainees in a room and I remember standing there uh, thinking, okay, these are new people to my company and I have to uh, well, show them how it's done and uh, be responsible. And uh, I stepped into this role and I, uh, I don't know how other people uh, experience this day, but I think I still delivered uh a normal training day uh, and th this was on a Wednesday uh, beginning of December uh, and I remember that um, in, in my company you have a counselor that, that's the person that you talk to about how you're doing and if you have any issues you can contact this person to discuss it and I remember that I uh, the day before I sent this guy uh, an email that I was not doing well and that I wanted to talk to him And on that Wednesday that I was giving this training, he came to me and I asked how it's going. And I said something like, yeah, it's a bit tough, but I'll manage. And he thought, oh, okay, it's not too bad. She'll be fine. Uh, but I was so into this role of delivering the training that I was just speaking about the training was a bit tough, but I'll, I would manage to finish it that day. Uh, but me personally, I was not doing well at all. Um, but I, it's like I put a mask on or something and I didn't really show how I was really feeling. So the next day, uh, I had a day off because I already felt that I needed a little bit of a break. And then on Friday, I was uh, going to um, look at my to-do list and see what kind of appointments I had the next week and how I should prepare for that. Uh, also thinking, do I need to uh, work overtime in the weekends or... Um, uh, can I uh, do it all if I uh, have the weekend off? Um, and I was, I remember waking up on Friday morning um, and I woke up and my mind automatically started thinking, I have to do this and I have to do that for that project. I have to contact that person uh, to let them know about this. And all those things uh, popped into my head. And then this, just a moment after that, I, I just realized that, um, you know, I, if I really wanted to, I could move my body, but I was thinking like, why, why should I get up today? Why bother? It's, there's so much work to do and there's no way I will be able to, to do this all and finish everything in time. And there were a couple of deadlines before the Christmas holidays and it's not possible. So Instead of trying to make the best out of it, I decided that morning that, uh, yeah, it I I wasn't able or willing or uh, I didn't have the energy anymore to try and do something. 
uh, why bother? Because it, I was never going to uh, to do it all. So I was just overwhelmed. So that's basically when I realized, okay, this I really have a problem and this is not normal and I need help. So that day you realize you just have to done so much for the last two years. Yeah, yes. it's amazing. I mean, it, 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 it sounds so much like my own story that you actually don't feel things are going in the right direction. You have so many things to do and more things are coming up your way. And people ask yeah. how you're doing and you say, well, it works okay. But actually you can say that you are feeling really very bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's also quite uh, shameful for, for me. Actually, it took a while to admit that I was not doing okay. I was doing very badly actually, and that I needed help. So I, what I did is I reached out to a coach uh, that I had at the moment uh, saying uh, something, somebody outside of my company saying, okay, this is what's happening and I don't know what to do. And then she actually helped me. Uh, she, she just said, okay, who do you need to inform that you cannot work? Uh, and then she said, uh, I had my phone with me. She said, just pick up your phone and open an email and just write this and send it to them. Uh, because I could not even uh, think what I should write in an email to explain to uh, my employer that uh, to, to to team members to my employer that I was not able to work anymore because so my, my mind just blocked and it was also very hard for me to explain why I couldn't work. So at first I just uh, said that I was ill and not uh, able to work, uh, and then they asked questions like, uh, "What kind of illness do you have, or how long do you think it's going to take?" And I I said I don't know. You don't know. No, of course you don't know. Yeah, you're not lying. You're not lying about it. <laughs> no, no, no. But but it was for me. It was really hard to uh, to um, admit to. Basically, if I admit to other people that it's not going well, then I have to face the truth myself. And that was, I think, the hardest part for me because I just wanted it to work and I wanted to be able to do it all. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I understand. And I think this is a very interesting point about burnout. Since so many colleagues of mine and might be also colleagues of you ask me like, but are you depressed? Do you hate your job? Mm. Do you have a fight with your, with your boss or, and it was nothing like that. It was absolutely no case. In your case, it's, it's no, same. no. The opposite, actually, I, I, it's not that I hated my job. I like my job so much that I did way too much working. Uh, I really, uh, uh, I left the company now, but I am still a little bit sad that um, I left the, the good parts of it all behind. Um, but it was, uh, I think the problem was that I didn't know uh, where uh, my boundaries were. I didn't know how to uh, check in with my body and feel um if i was doing well or not and that's something that i've learned uh through uh therapy and uh well how do you call this like the when you get back to work and try to reintegrate, reintegrate. Uh, so by, yeah <laughs> so by slowly building up and uh, starting to work again uh, i figured out now how to evaluate how to check in with myself and know whether i'm uh, doing the right things uh still feeling good and uh, gain some energy or but I'm doing something that is slowly depleting me. Yes. Well, um, another interesting uh, fact about your story is that, well, first you were very motivated. You're also kind of an overachiever. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. overachiever. Yeah, I know. I know. And uh, I'm also a kind of overachiever, but, um, and I also, I was also involved in all kinds of stuff. I mean, I used to uh, be responsible for sport activities, but I would do, many other things that were not really related to that only because I like to learn. So you yeah, are... yeah, that, I have the same thing. I always, also, I always said, yeah, uh, I know it's a lot, but I will do this one extra thing because I'll learn a lot from it and I really like to learn. So that was basically my, my excuse to explain why I was working harder than, uh, than is actually normal because I was learning a lot. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you don't really. It's not really helpful if you learn a lot 
but you don't have the energy to actually do something with it. Yeah. Well, you know, I I um I uh, have a, an episode about the signs of burnout, eh? and one of the things that I also discovered is that there is a moment that we that we both actually didn't see coming where there's so much cortisol and adrenaline in your blood for so many weeks or months that you actually have a kind of decay in your brain, you know, in the functioning of your brain. So you cannot um, make the best decisions. This is what you say. I mean, people would yeah. ask you what's going on with you. you. You couldn't even write what was wrong with you. You only could say, I'm, I'm sick. Yeah. And and, and it's, for me, it's about the same. I couldn't explain what was exactly going sour, what was wrong with me, but I yeah. thought this feels really very bad. Yeah. Yeah, so, true. It, it's uh, not only that I couldn't write about it. Um, there's, there's lots of things that I uh, noticed that uh, my brain was not functioning nor normally anymore. If I right? would go f uh, uh, for grocery shopping, for example... Uh, I remember this uh, a couple of days after this story happened. I was in uh, like in supermarkets and I was looking at the um, shelves uh, with all the vegetables. And I was just standing there thinking, I don't know what to get. I don't remember what I usually buy. I don't remember what I like to eat. I I was just standing there staring at I don't know uh, uh, potatoes or something. And uh, I. I after a while, I just figured, oh, there's this shelf where they have like the the, the meals that are uh, in in the full package. I just get one of these, so at least I have some food for today. And then I uh, I called my parents and said, well, this is not going well. And the next day, I uh, went to their place and stayed there for a while uh, because it was it took too much energy uh, and I couldn't think clearly. So taking care of myself was at that point it was uh, not really possible. Yeah, it's amazing. And you know, I interviewed someone who, uh, well, this interview was not in English, so I cannot publish that one on this podcast, but uh -huh. I uh, interviewed a um, physician, a general physician, and mm -hmm. her burnout was many years ago. Uh, I, I'm talking more than 10 years ago. And at that moment, nobody understood what was a burnout. They didn't have any clue at all. And she was yeah. sick. She couldn't get out of the couch anymore. Um, and she said it was choosing what to, to eat, what to buy, what you, her, even her clothes was, was, was almost impossible at a certain moment because she couldn't choose anymore. She didn't know what to do. And, and she was still, well, trying to work until her assistant told her, no, look, you are, you are nothing like what you were so a year or two ago. You look tired. You cannot decide anymore. I think you should stay at home. And then she stayed at home and she never was the same again, actually. And, yeah. and when the, the insurance company, uh, well, at a certain point, you, you, you need, uh, your insurance to pay for treatments and, well, uh, they asked, mm -hmm. well, what's the problem? And the, the, the physician that was looking at her, she, he said, well, I think she's depressed. <laughs> and she said, but, but I'm not depressed. Yeah, we're sorry, but we cannot find any other name for it that you are depressed. Yeah. So she, yeah, yeah she was like depressed for uh, three, four, five years until she got out of it and starts everything all over again. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a lot of years ago. So uh, we are quite, kind of it, it's a bit strange to say lucky, but at least now people know more about burnout and it's more common. So. That's actually a bad thing, but if you have it, it's helpful that people understand a little bit of what you're going through and uh, it's easier to find the right help. But still, it's really hard and complex and uh, like a personal journey to figure out how to get out of it. Yeah, I don't exactly. know if that's the same for you, but my experience is that it's uh, it has been hard to find uh, the right uh, people to help me uh, figure out what I needed to do, how to get back on track. Yes, for sure. It is. It is because, mm. of course, people get, try to give you advice, you know, in the, in, with their best intentions, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But many of their advice are really not really working. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes professional help is also not very cheap. 
So that was also kind of my problem. Uh, the company for whom I was working was also not really very supportive in paying for this kind of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, uh, um, yeah, I was a little, a little reluctant to pay it myself because, uh, yeah, well, you, you know, there's a, there's a limit in the money you can spend on this kind of uh, treatment. Yeah. So what I tried was more the the natural way, like uh, keep on moving, uh, eating well, sleeping well, regular uh, lifestyle, especially that, be regular with everything you do. Um, but I think my breakthrough, and I don't know what was yours, but was uh, to meditate, mm-hmm. to get in touch, because you, as you told, at a certain point, you don't know who you are. It's like you disconnect a little bit with, you, uh, with, with yourself, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my turning point. I don't know. What was your turning point? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I do recognize what you say about uh, finding the right help. And at first, I really had exhausted my body. And um, I so I needed medical help. Like, um, I, years back, I used to have asthma. And that came back as well. So I needed treatment for that. So after I had those uh, like really urgent things taken care of. I also started uh, walking daily when I stayed at my parents' place. Uh, I didn't want to walk. I didn't have the energy. I didn't feel like it. But uh, I'm very thankful that my mom realized uh, that it's really important to keep moving. Uh, So every day uh, she made me uh, go for a walk. and We we would go together. Uh, I also uh, started um, uh, based on one of the um uh, people that helped me uh they recommended to do a mindfulness course uh so that's also how i got into uh, meditating and that's really helpful to uh, check in with yourself and i still do it daily uh, sometimes i skip a day and when i do it i immediately uh, uh notice that it I, that i skipped and that i'm less in touch with myself um but also uh, at some point I found the right therapist um, because uh, when I got, fir- like at first I was burned out, I didn't have any energy at all, but I was really motivated to get back on track. So at some point when I started to feel a little bit better, I thought, okay, I am not fully uh, recovered yet, but I have some energy, so I need to work. I have to get back and I have to do something. So uh, way too early, I uh, went back and tried to work again. Uh, so I had a relapse. Uh, and that's when I realized, okay, this is not as easy as uh, recovering uh, my body and then get back. I need to work on my mindset and on how I approach things as well. So I found um, a therapist um, and uh, she works with um, a method that is called uh, psycho drama i'm not sure if that translates in english as well uh, but it means like um uh, it's a psychological way of um, rearranging uh, items in a room that represent the things that you um uh, that are going on in your head so inst- instead of only meditating about it you take it out of your head and make it visual and visual things really help for me um and uh Well, I started working with her and I realized at some point when we were doing this therapy that uh, the way I was looking at things was always that uh, what other people want is more important than what I want. So I put the needs of other people first. And I picked this up uh, somewhere in my childhood. um, uh, And uh, that's what I, when I needed to decide something, if some people were asking me, can you help me with this? I was always thinking, okay, people need help, so I need to do it. And what I want, or if I have the energy, or uh, what I like to do, that was not that important. And at some point, I realized, okay, that is not how it should be. It's not normal to look at the world like that. So I, first, I was able to uh, understand that what other people want and what I want are equally important because we're all people and it's the same. And that was a big uh, breakthrough. Uh, but that was the point that I also um, uh, started working again. And I noticed that it was going okay-ish, but still um, I had trouble uh, keeping my energy 
uh, up and recharging at the right time. Because if uh, people were asking me too much, I would still think, yeah, mm, they need me. I want to be helpful. I want to please them. Uh, and maybe you recognize that as well. <laughs> but I was still um, yeah, unsure how to, uh, how to deal with that. Um, so I uh, had a little bit more therapy. And then I realized uh, at some point I was able to understand that in my life, what I want is the most important thing. Because I have to take care of myself. And it's not wanting like uh, what I like to do for fun, but it's more like what I need and what my body needs and how I take care of myself in my life. Uh, it, I, I hope it doesn't sound arrogant because that's not how I mean it, but it's more like if I don't take care of my needs first, then at some point my energy goes down and I won't be able to help anybody else. But if I put my needs first and I take care of myself, then... I still have more to give to other people. And if I put it the other way around, uh, which is what I'm doing now, um, I have lots of uh, energy and I can make other people happy. Maybe not all of them, but that's never possible. Uh, but at least this way I can, uh, it, it's sustainable and I can do things for other people, what I'd really like to do uh, without burning uh, myself down, uh, burning myself out again. Yeah. So that yeah. was a really helpful insight. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's really very helpful where you're telling because, of course, I had this feeling that I had to help everyone at work since we have also lack of personnel. It's always a kind of chronic lack of personnel, doing the mm -hmm. most with the, the tiniest budget. Yes. Um, yeah. And they called it this a challenge. And of course, it's a challenge. But at a certain point, I felt like, well, it's almost like Mission Impossible, you know, like the film. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but, and, mm -hmm. and I felt, yeah, I, I felt, uh, uh, I wanted to help my colleagues and, um, what I think, um, I knew what I really wanted, but, um, I think also look, it's, it's like in, in, in a big company, there are also many changes that you cannot, uh, uh, see at forehand. You know, that suddenly things change, like you got a big project like that and you're already working yeah. to the almost the maximum and then you get something uh, extra and um yes. so every time i got this and you know i wanted to have a race and i already worked many years there and i didn't have a race and uh there are some personal things that i wanted to change in my life and they were depending on this race so for me it was like an extra uh, reason to put everything i got you know all my resources in order to perform yeah and um i'm very curious that you are telling me this now i mean you get a project and you get very excited because you see that it's working and it's not working for you mm -hmm. but it's working for the outside world um so yeah, i uh, just the one the, the one big project that would be working for me but not all the other things as well and switching between all the things it it just became too much and i didn't realize it while i was in the middle of it but yeah yeah. It's interesting how our stories are so similar. Yeah, yeah, and 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 indeed, one day I just had this feeling like I cannot stand up. I mean, there's like yeah. it's, it's because maybe this idea of the race and the, the the success was so unreachable at a certain point that you just yeah. leave everything fall and you feel like uh, I need a break. But that break meant like two years um all with with everything you know i also started mm -hmm. working after three four months but this i recognized immediately the signs of burnout that were coming back so i thought like well this has to be very carefully planned and fortunately my my uh, uh, uh doctor uh told me that uh, i should be doing it very slowly so um mm -hmm. It didn't have really a relapse, but it was very, very difficult. Um, and you know, in this time when I went working and people asked me, well, how you're feeling? I mean, uh, they would say, Oh, but what? You, you just go for a run. You love running. Go running. You have all the time. Now you can go running. And I say, like, listen, I have a burnout. <laughs> yeah. Running is not possible. It's not like it's too much. It's too mm. much. It's too much. You just see me like here and I'm happy again. And, but I'm, I'm, uh, your, the body is completely depleted. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah. people, I don't know if you have this, this, this uh, somebody told you like, oh, you have a burnout. Yeah, my boy, my, the friend of a boyfriend has also burnout and within three months he was working again. Yeah, I actually, uh, you had you, uh, some luck with your doctor that who said, well, take it slowly. I had uh, first, I had like a company doctor that I was sent to. And actually this guy said, uh, after like 10 minutes of listening to me, the very first time I met him, he said, yeah, okay, I understand what's going on. You have a burnout. Usually that takes about three months. Um, so it was December and he said, so January you'll take off. In February, uh, you uh, go back to uh, the office and uh, just discuss about the tasks that you can do. And then you start working uh, like 50%. And then in March, you can do 75%. And in April, you should be back up and running again. And I was like, uh, okay, do you understand how I feel? And he said, well, that's it. What's your email address? I'll send you the report. And then he sent me out of his office. So that was a lot of bad luck uh, I see now in hindsight, but then I I didn't know what was happening either. So I just thought, okay, this guy, he's, he's a doctor. He should know. And that's why, why I tried started, uh, starting uh, to work again. Uh, but at some point I realized I, I actually was working a little bit and I realized this is not going well. So that's why I had a relapse and stopped again. And I had more luck with the, uh, yeah, somehow the first company doctor disappeared. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but uh, at some point I got a second one. And this guy uh, was really amazing. He understood that it's not that easy and uh, you need a lot more help. Uh, so he made um, uh, like a schedule for me to very slowly, step by step, build up. Um, so at first I went to the office to have a coffee for half an hour and then I went back home. Uh, and then after a while, I would go uh, to do some actual like easy work uh, for just three days a week and then just one hour a day. And that's it. And I kept doing that. And then every I think every three weeks, I would do like half an hour more per day. And I slowly build up uh, from the summer, uh, summer of 2019 until, I don't know, January uh, last year. Um, so more than half a year, I think about nine months or so I took, uh, from building up from not working at all to, uh, normally working again. So it, it's like really small steps and taking it slowly. That's also, I think, very important. Um, and that's also very hard if people around you don't understand how you feel and how your body is depleted, uh, and they see that. That it's that you're getting better. Uh, they don't understand why you're taking it so slowly. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I started to feel the pressure to go faster, but luckily my doctor said no. <laughs> that's not a good idea. Yeah, exactly. That you feel the pressure because you think what other people think. Oh, this is taking so long. You know, yeah. what's wrong? I mean, you are. That's also why I wanted you to tell you about your your age because. Uh, people would say, oh, you know, if you're 50 or 60, then it's another story. But people who are in the 20s, 30s, I mean, you get burned yes. out and you need the time and it can take a year or two. I mean, it yeah. can. Um, yeah. yeah. Easily. Over uh, altogether, uh, it's been two years uh, before it got back to a point where I'm like, uh, yeah, I, I still need to pay attention and keep uh, keep track of my energy and uh, I'm a bit scared to have a relapse so I'm I'm just careful uh, but now I'm at this point where I feel like yeah I do have more energy and I can uh, work normally again uh, but that's two years and then yeah I'm only uh, thir 31 now so I was 29 when this uh, actually 28 when this started um so it's not the age it, it, the recovery just takes a lot of time because uh yeah you cannot un underestimate the effect of the stress uh, the effect stress has on your body it's a lot on your body and your mind actually yeah yeah i mean the your hormones are uh, all over the place and i'm not talking about estrogen you know and and, and the, yes. those those hormones it's it's uh, it's the whole system that yeah. gets out of sync um, yes and yeah. uh everything yeah, it, is messed up and you're it, it takes a lot of time to uh to recalibrate and and especially if you also uh, like i mentioned need to uh, like retrain your brain and your mindset uh that's also a process of figuring out what is really uh 
the thing that is uh, actually uh, it's more like uh, you I had a belief that was sabotaging my own health by thinking that other people's needs are more important than mine uh, I was uh, making it very hard on myself to stay healthy uh, and figuring that out and then working on it and changing it into a helpful healthy belief uh, that also takes time wow that's a change and, yeah. and to recognize it that's that's the challenge yes and that's yes. A challenge. wow so um yeah well but in um, the end i'm yeah. very grateful that i know this now so uh we we've been talking about how awful it is and how bad you can feel when you're in the middle of the burnout uh but it's also I do recognize now that it's a journey, uh, and well, at first you're like you're trying to high achieve, and then you drop down into the burnout. It's like uh, you hit rock bottom at some point, and then when you accept that and you figure out a way to get out of it, then um, the way I see it, I go up on the other side. Uh, so it's it's a process that I want I went through. And it really transformed me. And I'm so grateful uh, for what I've learned that I cannot imagine what my life would be like if I didn't have this burnout. So yeah. that's also there. So it's it has both sides. It's a very awful experience, but it's also uh, very transformative. And I'm grateful that I've learned these lessons now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. I mean, my... Yeah. It, it also transformed my life. Well, I now have a podcast. It's also quite changed. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have done that sure. if I didn't have a burnout. So um, yeah. that's uh, one of the things I, I learned. But also this, this idea that you go in and then you go out. But when you go out, you have so much more vision and ideas and, and tools sure. to cope with stress. And you know yourself better. And because you keep on watching what you're doing, what you're sleeping with you everything your attitude yeah um yeah so i think yeah. um, somebody um, uh, once uh, one of my uh former colleagues uh, once asked me uh so now that you've recovered um uh, uh, you've learned a lot from your burnout what are you going to do differently and i said like everything <laughs> because it it if you if it changes how you see the world and how you uh think about how um uh, work should be done and how uh, you want to take care of yourself and I, I think self-care is the most important thing there uh, if you start to think differently about how important it is to take care of yourself well everything that you do you're you're going to do with a different approach just it changes everything yeah, for the sure. better <laughs> for the better yeah for the best indeed yes. I mean, I uh, one of the things I will never do, and I will talk about that in another solo podcast, is like feeling mm -hmm. my life that it's just there's no more space to to you know to fill anything else with, and yes. um, and by that I mean in energy, but also in time, of course, uh, because you always have uh, well challenges, you know, things that happen suddenly in your life. So if you lose a, I don't know a. a someone you love or you get sick or your husband gets sick or your family, your boyfriend, whatever. There are always things that might be just around the corner to, and they will happen. And if you don't have this time for yourself, then yeah, it, it, it's a big, big, big chance that you will have again. Well, in my case, I will have a, a relapse again. Yeah. Uh, I will yeah, do that again. It's really, it's really beautiful what you say. I, I also have uh uh this yeah, it's not really a rule but uh, what i do is i plan uh blocks in my uh, calendar which actually say me time and if i i have them uh, every week on uh, a, a couple of days where there's like two hours where i don't want to plan anything because it's just time for me to do whatever i feel like in the moment uh, and sometimes of course these are on days that i really like to uh make an appointment with somebody for example uh, and then i move this me time so I, I, I can never cancel it i just move it to another day or another time to make sure that i still have these blocks of free time uh where i can just sit and stare out of the window if i want to or i can watch a movie read a book or uh, meet with a friend if i like well uh, given covid that's not really uh easy uh, currently but still um I can make an appointment if I feel like it, but only uh, in the moment and not uh, weeks before. So I don't feel that I get stuck with all the appointments. 
Sure. Yeah, in indeed. And, um, you know, maybe before we go on to all these solutions, because I know you are now working with people and uh, you have many uh, actually plans for your future, which is I'm, I'm very <laughs> curious to know. Uh, just let's think about uh, well, the place where we were working. Huh? Sometimes mm -hmm. I feel like it, it's uh, uh, they didn't know exactly how to react, especially when I got really very sick. And um, um, I didn't show, as you also didn't, so much how it was really going. Uh, but what I did, I, I really uh, complained about, for example, um, the the schedule that it was all over the place and then one day to very late at night and the next day very early in the morning and things like that. You know, I'm a mom and that's different. I mean, you, you are a single, uh, well, single, <laughs> let's say you <laughs> have uh, I live alone. Yeah, exactly. You live alone. Um, so I always think if I would give an advice to uh, an employer, I, whether it's big or, or a small employer, um, I, would always think like, uh, look, sometimes people who are overachievers do not complain about many things because they say, now, why should I complain? And, and, uh, uh, there's some work cultures where it's also not really very, um, allowed. But I think the important thing is that you also make, have to, uh, take a deeper look into what, what's going on in the lives of someone. And, uh, well, they knew, for example, that I had, uh, uh, my daughter has asthma and I had to travel quite some time uh, to get to work. Um, but there are some circumstances and some are, if people are saying that some things are not possible, are getting difficult, uh, and they just get wiped out from the table, like, oh, get, uh, you know, uh, look for solutions. We will support you. But the solutions mm -hmm. never come that this is really the way to get someone into a burnout. And I will never say I will be the last person to say that my company was uh, uh, guilty of whatever, not at all. But mm -hmm. I think, um, I think it didn't have to happen. I, I, I yeah. in, in a high, you know, hindsight, I see some moments where I have a, a talk with my boss and I told very, very honestly, that I was working for three or four people. That was my feeling. And that was not really uh, a visible change within a few months or four. If, if it wouldn't be a change that things were going to, yeah, go bad and, and then nothing happened. Um, or maybe it happened, but it was not enough. So, um, I, I mean, that would be my advice. I would say like, um, you never, because you know, dude, you cannot say, oh, that person, of course, but that person will have a burnout. No, you, you cannot know, actually. I mean, it, you don't have to be an overachiever, but it's a big, well, it's more, uh, let's say it's easier if you're overachiever, but almost anyone can get burnout. What do you think? Yeah, uh, it's really hard to predict. Um, and, um, yeah, you never know because somebody, if you are overachiever or um, there's a, a couple of other um, specifics that make people maybe a, a little bit more uh, vulnerable, uh, but you never know what happens. And if somebody is busy at work, but also if something stressful happens in uh, their personal life, um, it can add up. It's never only the work that is becoming too much lots of different things going on and i think an important uh factor is that people uh if they experience stress uh they can reduce uh the stress uh also by sharing it and feeling that uh, people around them understand what they're going through and that they are there for them but for uh, people to share about what they're experiencing and uh the stress they have uh, people need an, uh, a safe place, an environment where it's uh, possible to talk about these things. And um, that's something that I, uh, I shared this with my company earlier, um, that I felt that there was not really an easy way to uh, talk to somebody uh, about what I was experiencing. Uh, so my advice to employers would be to create a safe space 
and also to have people who really care about the employees and ask uh, uh, the employees on a regular basis how they are really doing and sit down with them and try to understand or oh, sitting down is currently hard with all the uh, working from home, but at least schedule a one-on-one -on -one, uh, private conversation uh, where you ask about what's going on with this person in their work, but also in the private life, what they're worried about, how they are feeling uh, and give them some space to, uh, to open up um, and then uh, see if you can, uh, can do something to support it. And the way I see it, it's not uh, totally uh, like fully the responsibility of an employer to prevent people from burning out, but they can help and they can play an important role. That's also what our um, interview in that parole was about. Um, uh, but I think it's it's it works both ways. So uh, in my case, uh, if burning out is like um, uh, a problem. Uh, and then um, part of the problem was that I was working too hard and I was trying to achieve a lot and I was trying to like prove that I could, could do it all. And I was uh, I wanted to get recognized for the things that I, uh, I was uh, delivering, the performance that I had. But on the other hand, I did give, uh, There's if I look back, there's a couple of moments that I clearly stated uh, to my supervisor and to my counselor that uh, it was not going well and that I needed help and it was too much. Um, but I'm not somebody that complains easily. And I, if I state uh, these things, then it's already, uh, I learned now that it's already a little bit too late. So I've, I've also learned now that earlier uh, I need to stop myself and ask for help. Um, but they didn't understand that when I asked for help back then, that I was serious and that I was not complaining, but it was really too much and that uh, I was actually already a bit late for asking help. They didn't didn't understand that. And that's why me uh, doing too much and asking for help too late and them not really recognizing that the help was really needed, those things added up and that's what created this burnout uh, together. Um, and if I think we can work on both sides, helping people to uh, better recognize their own boundaries and the signs that the body uh, bodies are giving them so they can... Uh, take care of themselves better, uh, but also employers can uh, play a big part in taking these signs serious, asking questions, and if people say, I'm doing okay, just ask some follow-up questions to understand if they are really doing okay. And I think this is even more important in this uh, current uh, situation with COVID-19, where people are working from home. And um, if you have a team that is working remotely, you cannot really see how they're doing. And if they start to look more tired, maybe you don't notice it really uh, because of all the work through the screens. Um, so it's even more important to actually free up some time and really talk to your team members. Yeah. And it's not only the responsibility of the manager. I think uh, the team members like your coworkers can also um, take a role here and uh, and and ask uh, some questions and people can take care of each other. Um, but it does ask of everybody to take a bit of time to reflect on how you are doing and how your the people around you are doing, um, which means that you need to stop producing and working on your, uh, like what we call the real work, the actual tasks. You have to stop, step back and really check how am I doing, how are my team members doing? And that's the 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 biggest challenge because we all want to achieve a lot and, and there's always a lot of workload and a lot of pressure. Um, so what I'm still trying to figure out is what what is a, a good idea? How can we help people to stop and reflect a little bit more? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's also one of the missions of my podcast, actually. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. yeah, that reflection. Yeah. That people really reflect because like you or maybe me also that discovered this... Uh, this kind of disconnection that that, that, that pushes you uh, to do things that you actually don't want to do and they're actually really bad for you. Um, yeah, true. And, and earlier mentioned meditation, and that's also a way to stop and reflect. Um, and if you do that, uh, if it's just a couple of minutes in the morning, I realize that you're more connected throughout the day. So that that's also something that's uh, that's really helpful. 
Exactly. And I noticed that a lot of companies now start to uh, promote this as well, even uh, offering free access to uh, apps to uh, to meditate. So I think that's a, that's a really good uh, uh, change that is happening now. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe it's happening. I think it's happening because we have the COVID-19 situation now. So uh, as bad as it is, uh, it's also having some positive changes. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's good news indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Martina, but now tell us about your uh, your plans, your company. You also have an ebook, I heard, um, because of course you've learned a lot about burnouts, and you're coaching all kinds of people in, uh, especially people from 30 on. I thought so, that <laughs> just reached the age of 30. But anyway, people who yeah. are busy, tell me, what's your company? Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, it's actually two uh, different things uh, because I learned a lot from a burnout. Um, and um, as we said, reconnecting and uh, checking in with yourself and following up with what you actually want, but also taking care of your own needs. I believe that's really important. Uh, so, yeah, I'm uh, coaching people to uh, to reconnect and to find uh, that connection uh, with themselves and also figure out uh, what they need to change in their lives to really take care of themselves. Um, and I do that on uh, in one on one coaching uh, sessions. Um, and the second thing is that uh, when I was uh, just uh, at the start of my burnout, I had my uh, birthday where I was turning 29 and I was so tired. And uh, this was back when you still could have a big party, but I didn't feel like it at all. So I didn't do anything. But I said to myself, it's okay, uh, because next year when I will turn 30, I will not uh, feel as bad as I do now because I was feeling so bad it cannot get any worse and next year i will celebrate with a big party and also i heard people around me complaining about getting older and 30 is such a big deal and a big thing and i was like i don't know i think it's like you should be grateful that you turned 30 um, because um and this is a bit of a different story but uh for me it's really important to realize that every day that you're alive and every year that you get to celebrate your birthday again uh, it's a blessing um, because when uh, when I was 20 years old I had a, uh, a niece uh, who got really sick and she died uh, at the age of 12 and then I was already almost eight years older than that she was and I it just yeah, it just hit me I realized um, even if things are not really always going well in my life I can still be very grateful for every day I get to live. Um, so both of these things together uh, are important in, um, yeah, in 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 my personal development actually. Uh, and it got me to the point where I thought, well, so many people are struggling with their age. Uh, earlier when I spoke to you, you also said something about you should do something for people who are uh, 40 plus. Um, but uh, yeah, as I'm only 31 now, I, I focus on the 30 uh, plus people. Um, and I made a program uh, for people to figure out how to uh, focus on the positive things in life um, on, the, on the one side and also to recognize this, the parts of life where they're not happy about, where it's not going well, and really honestly look at what they would like. Uh, and if it's something that they can change, uh, how to work on changing it. And if it's something um, that's just a fact, like, um, well, COVID-19 is a good example. It's just a fact that it's happening at the moment. And as much as we don't want it in our lives, it's there. Uh, so in that case, um, it's better to accept the situation as it is instead of fighting it. So these uh, three parts actually, being happy about what you have, changing what you can change and accepting what is there and uh, needs cannot to be change. accepted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what you cannot change. Uh, and maybe uh, also uh, as a last thing, uh, letting go of maybe the dreams that you had. Uh, for example, I uh, when before I got my burnout, I really had uh, a plan for um what the next steps i wanted to take in my career within the company that i was working in uh, but with my burnout i realized that it's not the right fit and also um it's not uh well a, a couple of things happened throughout my integration process where uh therefore it's not possible for me to work uh, there anymore so i had to change my plan for my career which 
uh, when I first realized I had to do it, it was I was it was really hard and I struggled with it. But letting go of the old dreams I had was necessary to make some space uh, for me to um, uh, have yeah have the opportunity to come up with new dreams. Uh, so after letting go of what uh, what could not be anymore. The, the space opened up where I realized uh, I want to uh, be self-employed and uh, be uh, free to work with the people I want to work with uh, and help people to uh, figure out for themselves how, how also to experience this kind of freedom and uh, lightness in their lives. So all of that I put into uh, an online training program, uh, which I called Thank God I'm Dirty. <laughs> and uh, I offer this through an Instagram community uh, with online uh, a workbook and videos. Uh, and uh, well, if there's anybody um, that also understands Dutch, because currently I'm still offering it in Dutch only, uh, but if anybody is interested, I have an ebook uh, where I explain uh, the seven steps uh, about how to uh, turn 30 and uh, be positive in your life. Um, I think uh, yeah, my website is martinevanadol.com. Uh, and if you just Google my name, you can, uh, can find the ebook. Uh, so I'm hoping that all of these things that I'm, I've experienced, uh, that somehow I uh, can put it into uh, a way that I can help other people with it. So it's uh, everything that I've experienced is not just for me to learn some lessons, but I can share the lessons now. And hopefully it will um, save some people from, from going through a burnout themselves. Yeah. So what, what a nice story, actually. I'm, I'm going to download your ebook as well. I'm really very curious. And uh, it's because maybe <laughs> I just uh, at heart, I'm 30. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll, you'll notice that uh, maybe some of the specifics are about people that are in their 30s uh, trying to decide whether uh, you should buy a house now or uh, whether or not to have kids or um these kind of things whether you want to settle down with the, the person that you're having a relationship with currently these kind of questions and i think people in their 40s maybe have a little bit of different um challenges and questions and and themes that are popping up in their lives but in general i think the the basics are the same for most people um that you need to figure out what uh makes you happy uh, and what doesn't and then you should focus on what gives you the energy and let go of the things that are not a right fit for you anymore yeah yeah exactly yeah well indeed those are the different uh, stages of life but the, the main thing life it remains the the main thing the essence yeah. no yes. well, martina that was a really a very nice talk um I'm also very curious to know how is your coaching going in the next months, and uh, well, if you are also going to offer it in English, of course. Um, yeah, well, the one-on-one -on -one coaching is available in English, uh, of oh, course, yeah. uh, because that's not a problem at all. Uh, and I am uh, looking into updating the uh, Thank God I'm Thirty program, uh, maybe into a, a Happy Thirty Plus or something. Uh, and I'm uh, still the, trying to decide whether I should do it in English or in Dutch. Uh, Maybe in English, I can reach uh, even more people uh, with it. Uh, and I like to have an impact. So that's why I think I may do that. <laughs> good, good idea. <laughs> well, Martin, I really want to thank you for your time. It was uh, really nice to talk to you. Uh, as uh, well, I yes. many people I have interviewed in the last months, most of the time, this is really long distance calling. This is really, you're not so far away, but we are not meeting <laughs> each other in person, unfortunately. Maybe... Uh, within a few months you know yeah maybe someday we can uh, catch up and uh, and do this face to face yeah that would be really nice and it was my pleasure to be here thank you for uh for yeah, giving me this uh, opportunity to share my story and uh, i really hope that uh today we've inspired somebody to uh yeah i don't know to to at least find a little bit of uh, insight or uh maybe just even the the feeling that you're not the only one that goes through this process and it's it's hard but uh, if you're listening to this and you're not sure where you're going at just uh trust the process yeah there's a life after burnout eh? <laughs> yes definitely yeah actually it's a lot better after burnout than before <laughs> yeah, exactly and even for employee employers if you have someone who has a burnout 
believe me that person has a lot of life experience <laughs> yeah. actually i'm i'm i had a lot of conversations with uh, people uh around my age as well uh that had a burnout uh and sometimes not yet uh and we are joking like if you didn't have it yet you will get it but uh then you can join the the life of the burnout club something <laughs> like that and it's yeah it, it's fun <laughs> <laughs> but That's but don't one. do it, don't do it the hard way and don't uh if you realize now that you're on your way to the burnout maybe this is a good time to stop and uh, find some help already so you don't have to uh, fully uh, exhaust your body first <laughs> exactly don't jo don't join the club it's not really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. just learn our lessons without exactly. going through it yourself that that, that would be the best <laughs> that would be the best yeah well thank yeah. you martina see you next time yes thank you <laughs> bye bye